Isaiah 7, verse 14. It says, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. And then Matthew 1 and 23. It says, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. God with us. This morning, just for a few moments, I want to preach on this, this topic right here. Emmanuel, God is still with us. God is still with us. God was here this morning. He's going to be there tomorrow morning when you wake up. He was in your trial yesterday. He's going to be here a year from now. God is still with us this morning. If you're thankful for that, why don't you put your hands together before we move forward. Give God some praise in this place. Magnify the King of kings and the Lord of lords, for he is worthy of it all. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. You may be seated. You see, names in the Bible, names matter. Because names are used to describe something or somebody. But there's one name that I want to focus on this morning. It's a name found not only in the Old Testament, but it is also found in the New Testament. As in our opening text, you'll find this name in Isaiah 7:14 as well as Matthew chapter 1 and verse 23 Behold the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son They shall call his name Emmanuel which translated means God with us You see here we have a name given to Jesus Christ that he was to be called Emmanuel Now if you will notice closely in your Bibles that you will see this is a, a quote that because of one verse prior in verse 22, it says, Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying. So we see here that in, in verse 22, verse 22 gives us, it's, it's always good if you read a scripture to go back at least one and forward at least one to read the whole, maybe whole chapter, get some context of what you're reading. To understand what is taking place. When Matthew is saying this, he is repeating the words of the prophet. So in verse 23, verse 23 is a fulfillment of something that had been previously predicted or previously prophesied of what was to come. So that comes from Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14 where it says that a virgin shall have a son. So in order to understand what Matthew 1.23 means, you have to go back to Isaiah 7.14 and see what that meant. Since Matthew 1.23 is a fulfillment of that scripture. So we know that uh, what is translated, we know what it means. That It means that God with us. But what does that really mean to call Jesus Emmanuel God with us? He is saying that this child that is born will not just be another child with you. 
There was a lot of children probably being born that day, but he was trying to get them to understand that this baby is not just going to be another baby, that there's going to be something special about this baby. But this baby, but God himself, not just a baby, but God himself will be with you. So the first thing we need to understand about Jesus is that he was not only the son of God coming to save the world, but he was God himself robed in flesh. It helps to understand who you serve. When you have an understanding of who you are, it's easy to love somebody or easier to love somebody when you know who they truly are. That's when you go into a relationship with somebody that you probably, honestly, in the very beginning, I would say most of the couples, maybe married couples in this room, that when you went into your relationship, your, your marriage, that, uh, you know, the Hoovers, how many, how many years is it, Brother Ryan? I put him on the spot. You notice that? Good job, Brother Ryan. Good job. That 15 years ago, I'm guessing you probably didn't know Sister Kim as well as you know her now. There are probably some things you discovered about her throughout those 15 years. You see, you begin to know somebody. And when you begin to truly know somebody, that's why, I want to, that's why when you're young and you say, oh, I'm in love, you have no clue what you're talking about. I hear some of these young guys, oh, I love her, love her, love her, love her, love her. I'm like, man, you've loved like 20 in the last two weeks. You don't truly love somebody until you get into that deep, intimate relationship with them and you get to know who they truly are. You see, and that's when you get to know who Jesus is, that we understand that when you begin to, to talk to him, that when you begin to pray and you say, God, hear my prayer today, that you don't have to go do a separate prayer and say, but Jesus, I want you to hear it too, because when you speak the name of Jesus, you're speaking to God himself because they are one. Amen. We understand that we believe that he is one God. So it matters. So when we talk to Jesus, we're talking to God, not just another man, not just another baby. But when I begin to look at some of the names of God in the Old Testament and then some of the declarations of, about Jesus in the New Testament, it became very clear that the true deity of Jesus Christ and who it is, that he is God. You see, God is called in the Old Testament uh, Elohim, the creator God. Yet the New Testament says everything that was created was created by Jesus Christ. In the Old Testament, God is called Jehovah, the I Am. Jesus says to the Jews before Abraham was, I Am. In the Old Testament, he's called Jehovah Nisi, your banner of victory. In the New Testament, uh, Jesus says that I have overcome the world. I bring victory because I am victory. In the Old Testament, God is called Jehovah uh, Rohi, that the Lord is my shepherd. Uh, in the New Testament, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. My sheep uh, hear and know my voice. In the Old Testament, God is called El Shaddai. In Revelations 1 and 8, in the New Testament, the Bible says Jesus is Lord Almighty. Deuteronomy 6 and 4 says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Ephesians 4, 4 through 6 says, There is one body and one spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. 
1 Timothy 3.16, And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up into glory. Colossians 2 and 9, For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. John 1 and 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. And you jump down to verse 14, and it says, The Word that we were just talking about in verse 1 was made flesh. So I have an understanding this morning that if in the beginning was the Word, it was present, the Word was with God, and the Word was God, then that tells me that the Word that was made flesh in Jesus is God himself robed in flesh. I have an understanding building my relationship to know who he is. Come on. We have to understand who we are this morning. We're a one God, apostolic, tongue-talking, Holy Ghost-filled church. I know who he is. I know who he is. He is God all by himself. He is one. He is one. And he is El Shaddai, the Lord God Almighty. He's Adonai, the Lord, the Master, Yahweh, Lord, Jehovah, Jehovah Nisi, the Lord is my victory, Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that heals, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. It was talked about this morning. He's going to be your provider. He's your provider today. That he is Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is peace. He is also Emmanuel, God with us. To understand this morning that God was poured into human flesh so that that apart from sin, God became a man. Look at your neighbor and say, he became just like you and I. He emptied everything that he was into humanity. He left his throne in heaven. We talked about it last week. We understand why he came. We understand that the true reason that he came, the true reason for this season is not about him. If you were not here, you need to go back and listen to that message just to get context of why I just said what I said. Because if you weren't here, you're probably wondering what just happened to Pastor. But we understand after last week that the true reason for this season was you and the person sitting next to you. That he loved you enough to leave the praises. We talked about last week, he didn't come for praises. He didn't come for a Sunday morning to come in here and be worshipped. Should we worship him? Yes. It belongs to him. But that's not why he came. But he loved you enough to leave all those great things behind, all the worship that he gets nonstop in heaven, to come down and robe himself in this lovely thing that we fight against all the time called flesh. Hebrews 4, 14 through 16 says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of, of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and grace to help in time of need. Anybody have time of need in this place? That you deal with your flesh? Anybody dealing with your flesh this morning? 
You're, you're dealing with things that, that he understands what you're dealing with. You see, he came so that he could sympathize with our weaknesses. Because in his 33 years on earth in flesh, he faces what you're facing. Think about that for a second. That when you say, oh God, you just don't understand. Absolutely he understands. He knows where you're at. He knows what you're dealing with. Because he was here and walked on this earth. God robed in flesh. He felt what you're feeling. He had emotions. Uh, he, he dealt with those same things. Uh, that he, he knows. He went through loneliness. Don't tell me he didn't go through loneliness. There was a lot of people that turned their back on him. He dealt with loneliness. Uh, he went through being forsaken. He went through being rejected. Uh, he went through being hurt. Uh, he went through pain. Uh, he went through being crucified. Uh, and even went through what we all will face someday unless the Lord comes back soon uh, that we will all deal with this thing called death. It's a part of flesh. And everything a part of the flesh, he went through it. He went through everything that you're dealing with today. Everything that you're going to face in this life, he went through it so he can sympathize. That's why it says, come boldly. Come boldly to the throne. For what? For your help in the time of need. Because he is a merciful God that says, I know where you're at. I'm not just saying that, but I've been there. And I see where you're at and I know what you need. That's the God we're serving today. He is that God. Just to give you full access into his presence on a daily basis, he came and robed himself in this flesh. That's why we must understand the gift given to us in Emmanuel, God with us. That we sing the songs, we talk about it at Christmas. It's one of those things that we kind of just kind of, we go through the motions, we get through the season, we get that done. We don't talk about Emmanuel very much throughout the rest of the year. But I want us to grasp a hold of the, the importance of this morning. It was, sung, it was sung about uh, this morning just a few moments ago that the same God, what's the words for the kid? Well, the same God who made a way. Made a way for who? The same God who made a way for the Israelites to leave their bondage is the same God today who can make a way for you to walk out of your bondage. It's not a different God. He doesn't change. Every 10 years, every 100 years, he doesn't change. Who he was in the beginning is who he is today. It's the same God who made a way. It's the same God who is here today. He's Emmanuel, God with us. It's Emmanuel, God with them, but it's Emmanuel, God with us. I want you to think about this just for a moment. I like to sit and and sometimes just, I, I often sometimes, I like to stare at the stars. I like to kind of get lost and all that and look, look out and just, just kind of try to imagine and take it all in. My mind cannot fathom the creation of our God. I can't. Now, I know not everybody loves to do that. I convinced my wife one time when we were dating to go outside and watch. It was a meteor shower. And uh, she was not as thrilled as I was to go lay out on the concrete and watch the meteor shower. I thought it was amazing. She was not as thrilled on our fifth year anniversary, I think our 10th year anniversary, 10th year anniversary, that when I convinced her to get up really early in the morning and go watch the sunrise over the ocean, 
She said, that was beautiful. Are we done yet? And I said, I guess, because it was cold. It was April. It was chilly. But I, I, I kind of get wrapped up in these things to think about, truly think about this, 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 this man, this God-man, that when he came to earth to truly imagine that a lot of people didn't realize who they were actually in the presence of. They didn't. And I think that even today, sometimes there are people that walk through those back doors and they don't understand who or who, who they truly are in the presence of because if they understood who they were in the presence of, they wouldn't let a song go by without giving some praise. I'm not talking about first-time guests. I'm talking about some of us that have been in this a long time. That we just, it takes something to kind of get us moving, to get up and to worship God, but it shouldn't take any, if we truly understood who he was, that we would walk in those back doors with the praise in our heart. We would have a hard time containing it. You see that the Spirit of God overshadowed Mary, and she conceived a child. Think about that. Think about that, that this morning, all the adults in the room, and probably some of these some children understand this already. That you know, I don't know if your kids ever ask you, "Where do babies come from?" It got really quiet in here. All the parents got nervous. Like, dear Lord, is he going there this morning? I don't think I have to pull out charts and go through everything. We understand, but we understand. You understand? You see, here is here is here is a spirit. You say, how could he be fully God and fully man? Because both realms were involved. It took, it took the egg of the woman that was planted in her at birth. It, it, it took the seed of the Spirit to overshadow her. And it was a miraculous thing that has never happened before and has not happened since. That, that the two realms came together and there was this God-child formed. So the God of creation is lying in a manger. That means he created his own mother within her mother's womb. He creates the animals that he would have been surrounded by. He created the trees that would have crafted, been crafted into the manger that would welcome him into this world. If it was built by wood, where did the wood come from? From the trees that he spoke into existence. So he creates the manger from those trees to welcome God into flesh, into the world. But not only that, as he knew what it would take place, to he, he knew that there was going to have to be something to hold him. So therefore he set it in place uh, all that time ago to make sure there was a place for him to rest his head. Uh, but not only that, but you have to understand this same God child uh, that was lying in a manger also created the trees. Uh, he created them that would one day uh, hold his beaten and broken body on a rugged cross that was made out of the same trees that he created. 
Why would he do all this? Why would he think of head and think I got to love him enough to give him hope? Why would he do that? Because he simply wanted to be with us. He wanted to be with you. He loved you enough to say, I'll do whatever I have to do to give them redemption. Redemption. I had my, my uncle set the table not too long ago, and he asked a question. I believe Brother Kibble was there, and he, he looked at the two of us, and he said, all right. He said, if you could describe the, the word of God, the Bible in one word, he said, what would you say? Now, we could probably go around this room. We'd probably get 100 different answers. And I honestly had to think about it, and I chewed on it, and I was hesitant to give an answer because I knew he already had the answer. And he's always been that uncle to me all my life that he would say, what makes a boat float? Never studied boats. He'd say, go study it and come back and tell me. So I was forced. I had to because I wanted to know now. And then he'd come back, what makes an airplane fly? What keeps it up in the air? I'm like, I'm just a small child. All right? I'm just worried about what, I'm thinking about what I'm going to do tonight, just what I'm going to play. Where are my friends at? What am I going to eat? How much sugar can I get in me? Before mom and dad catch me, you know? It's like, that's what I'm worried about. And he's asking me all these questions. So he sits there and asks this question, and I'm just looking at him like, you know. So I give an answer. That's good. But no. Brother Kibwell gives an answer, and he said, that's good. But you're wrong. I'm like, then why didn't you just tell us from the beginning? Now, I'll never forget, if you remember, how serious he got. And it brought a tear to my eye when I realized when he said it. He said, this whole book is a story about redemption. He said, from the very beginning, humanity messed it up. But you're reading a book from the beginning to the end about a God that loved you enough to put together a plan to redeem you. It's a book about redemption. So when you say Emmanuel, God with us, what you're saying is my God loved me enough that he looked past my failures, he looked past my mistakes, he looked past all the wrong, and he said, I love you enough to redeem you. I love you enough to come to a manger. I love you enough to go to a cross. And I love you enough to send back the comforter. And I love you enough that I'm gonna come back and pull you out of this earth someday so you can live with me. It doesn't matter. Matter what you've done, where you've been. He's a God of redemption this morning. He is Emmanuel, God with you today. He is still with us today. He is still with us today. Let's lift our hands real quick and magnify him all over this place. Can you just say thank you, Lord, for loving me? Thank you for loving me enough. God, that you are with us today. Ah, you love me enough to come back, God, and robe yourself in flesh. Lord, you love me enough, God, to save me from my own sin. God, you pulled me out of my bad decisions, Lord. God, you redeemed me, Lord. You redeemed me, God. 
You redeem me, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. He is with us. He is with us. I was this morning early praying about this, and I thought, God, so I'm so thankful, Lord, that Emmanuel, you're with us, Lord. I'm just so thankful, God, that you're with us on those good days. And I can wake up tomorrow morning knowing that you're with me, Lord, uh, that you're with me. And uh, when, when the blessings come, God, you show up and you're there, Lord. Uh, and God, when someone comes and, uh, and they receive the Holy Ghost, Lord, your spirit sweeps through our church. You're there on Sundays with us, on Wednesdays with us. Whenever we come together, you're there. And, uh, and the Lord spoke to me. He said, I'm also there. I'm also there when my people are doing what they shouldn't be doing. In secret. And I just stopped. Okay. I heard you. He said, Emmanuel, God with us, is not just when you're doing right. I just want to remind us this morning that even in the darkest hours of day, you think nobody else is watching. Emmanuel, God, is with you. And it really challenged me when he began to speak this to me. And I thought, God, what are you trying to say? He said, be mindful. Tell my church to be mindful what they allow as entertainment in their homes. Be mindful what you allow into your ears and to your eyes. Be mindful what you allow into your minds. Because I see all and know all. And it made me think of that old song that we used to sing. You may know it. But I remember as just a kid, I sat there on the pew listening to the choir in Arizona sing this song, I believe it was. And I heard those words, and as a kid, it troubled me. Because I told you, I kind of think different. When I hear stuff, I just begin to go kind of deep in my thoughts and And it was these simple words of this song that said, Does he still feel the nails every time I fail? Can he hear the crowd cry crucify again? Am I causing him pain? Lord, I know I've got to change. I just can't bear the thought of hurting him. I want us to understand something this morning. That those moments when you're by yourself and Satan is tempting you or maybe you're sitting with your family and maybe you're watching something you probably shouldn't be watching and it's not giving God glory and praise that God is there with you because Emmanuel, God is with us all the time. All the time. So I wish that we would live our lives with that mindset that Emmanuel, God is with me. So that when you go to make a bad decision, you're reminded, Emmanuel, God is here with me. I'm not doing this. I've heard people say, would you do this? Would you do this if so-and-so? Would you do this if pastor was here? Would you watch that if God was here? He is. I might not be there. I don't know everything about everybody. I know a lot. But I don't know everything. I'm not in your homes, but God is in our homes. He is there. 
So at the end of this year, heading into the new year, it's something I challenge you, that we keep that mindset that God is always present in our homes because he is, he, he is omnipresent. What does that mean? He is everywhere at all times. He has no boundaries. That's how big he is. He's our God that is with us at all times. Let's live a life that's pleasing unto him. Amen. I want us to get some context real quick to Isaiah 7.14. What made Isaiah give this prophecy? What, what made him speak up? Who, who's he talking to when this takes place? Let's, let's look at it real quick. Isaiah 7, 1 through 14. If you've got your Bibles, you can turn there. Isaiah 7, 1 through 14. Now it came to pass in the days of Ahaz, the son of Jotham, the son of Uzziah, king of Judah, that Rezin, the king of Syria, and Pekah, the son of Ramaliah, the king of Israel, went up to Jerusalem to make war against it, but could not prevail against it. And it was told to the house of David, saying, Syria's forces are deployed in Ephraim. So his heart and the heart of his people were moved at the tree, as the trees of the woods are moved with the wind. And then the Lord said to Isaiah, go out now to meet Ahaz. And, and you and, and Shear Jashab, your son, at the end of the uh, aqueduct from the upper pool on the, high, uh, the highway of the fuller's field, and say to him, take heed and be quiet. Do not fear. I love what Sister B said this morning. Do not fear. It's the first thing he said to him. Well, first he said, basically shut up. Don't talk. Just listen. <laughs> a lot of times we need that advice. Don't talk. Just listen. God has a word for you. But then he said, first of all, don't fear. Don't fear. Remove fear. I know that your heart's heavy. You're worried. Do not fear. It says, do not be faint-hearted for these two stubs of smoking firebrands, for, for the, the fierce anger of Rezin and, and Syria and the son of uh, Ramaliah, that because Syria, Ephraim, and the son of Ramaliah have plotted evil against you, saying, let us go up against Judah and trouble it, and let us make a gap in its wall for ourselves and set a king over them, and, and the son of Tabal. So thus says the Lord God, it shall not stand. Nor shall it come to pass. He says, listen, God is trying to give him a message. It's not going to stand. It's not going to come to pass. So fear not. It says, for the head of Syria is Damascus, and the head of uh, Damascus is resin. Within 65 years, Ephraim will be broken so that it will not be a people. And the head of Ephraim is Samaria, and the, the head of Samaria is uh, Ramalia's son. If you will not believe, surely you shall be established. Moreover, the Lord spoke to Ahaz, saying, Ask a sign for yourselves from the Lord your God. Ask it either in the depth or in the height above. But Ahaz said, I will not ask, nor will I test the Lord. I'm not even going to ask. I'm not going to test God. He said, hear now, O house of David. It is a small thing for you to weary men. 
but you will weary my God also. So therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. God's people understand. You said it was a lot of a lot of crazy names and I'm not exactly sure what you were saying, Pastor, but let's break it down here. God's people were being attacked by the enemy. They were being oppressed by the enemy. There was a, a plan set in place. There was a plot in place to come and destroy God's people. But God showed up and he told King Ahaz, I'm going to give you a sign. A sign of what? He said, I'm going to give you a sign. It's going to be a sign of victory. And the sign of victory I'm going to give you is a virgin having a son. So hear me this morning that when the prophet Isaiah talks about the birth of Jesus, when he is speaking this, that there is going to be a son that is going to be born to a virgin and that its name is going to be Emmanuel, that he's saying this, speaking this, that is years off from taking place, but he's speaking this to Ahaz, there's going to be a sign. And when the prophet speaks this, he talks about it in the context of things that are not going well, of things that are not in your favor of things that are coming against you and he reaches way back into history and the prophet gives a prophetic history just to say that the birth of Jesus is going to be God himself, Emmanuel, showing up at the worst of times. But it will be your sign that you will win and the enemy will lose. So the virgin that has the son is really a sign of victory and that I'm going to be with you in spite of what is attacking you. Matthew picks up this quote and quotes it related to the birth of Jesus. So one of the things we need to understand this morning about Emmanuel is that no matter what you have gone through, no matter what you have dealt with, no matter what's been good, bad, or ugly this year. Anybody had some good? Anybody have some bad? Anybody just have some ugly? He's taking this, Matthew is taking this, this prophecy and quoting this prophecy to listen to say that no matter what's been good, bad, ugly, no matter what you're dealing with, no matter what you're going to face next year, because next year's coming, and next year is not going to be perfect. Why? Because we understand that the adversary is is, is going around seeking whom he may devour. He's not going to take 2023 off. He's not going to say, I'll just sit back and relax and just let the church have revival. Just let the church grow. 
Absolutely not. There are going to be personal attacks that you're going to deal with. There's going to be good days, bad days. There's going to be some ugly days for you. But what he is telling us is this. He said, you, you need to know that the name Emmanuel, because he knows that you're going to be facing some things, Emmanuel tells me and tells you this morning that what you're going to be facing, there's a guaranteed stamp on what you're going to be facing that you're not going to have to face it alone because Emmanuel, God is with you. Emmanuel, God is still with you. But pastor, what about when I walk in the valley? Emmanuel, God is still with you. But what if I'm on the mountaintop? Emmanuel, God is still with you. In the good days, the bad days, the ugly days, when the paychecks are not coming in like you need them to come in, Emmanuel, God is still with you. He was with Ahaz. God was with him. God was with the Israelite people. God was with man. Mary in a manger. He was there in the Old Testament. You'll find him in the New Testament. You see, he was Emmanuel, God with us, and he is Emmanuel, God still with us today. He's here with us today. How do I know he's still with us? Musicians, you could come. I would like for you, if you could, that's that song that you did. He's uh, the same God here today. If you, I'll just go ahead and help you out and give you a song. It'd be great. Don't even have to look anything up. Just go ahead and sing that one, and we'll be good. But I'm telling you this morning, how do you know, Pastor, that he's Emmanuel with us today? Because there's been some times this year that I wasn't quite sure that he was with us. Uh, there's some times this year that I thought God had maybe forsaken us. Uh, and I prayed and I, my prayers weren't answered when I prayed them. Uh, I can tell you how I know uh, because his word tells me in John 14, 18, I will not leave you comfortless, uh, but I will come unto you. He said, listen, even though I left this earth, even though I was placed in a tomb, even though I ascended, he said, I won't leave you comfortless, but I'm going to send the comforter unto you. And I also know in Job 23 and 10, he says, but he knows the way that I take. And when he is testing me, I will come forth as gold. So how does he know the way that I take? Because he's Emmanuel, God with you. And tomorrow morning, whatever is coming before you, he's already been there. He's already walked that path. He knows what you're facing tomorrow. He knows what you're going to face next week. He knows what you're going to face next year because he's going to walk every road with you because he's Emmanuel, God with us. He also said, I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. He also said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, oh, thou art with me, God. You are with me, God. Even though I face the enemy, he prepares a table before me. And I believe that he sits there with you, not all by yourself, but God is with you no matter what you're going through. It also tells me that goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And then Matthew 28 and 20, teaching them to observe all things, whoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. I'm here to encourage somebody this morning as we stand all 
over this place. I want to encourage somebody. You've been walking through the valley of the shadow of death, but you are not alone because Emmanuel, God is with you. You've been dealing with some some sickness in your body or maybe you've been dealing with some sickness in your mind. You've been dealing with some spiritual things you've been fighting. You've been dealing with with some, some fear that has been trumping your faith. I'm here to tell you this morning, God wanted me to remind you that Emmanuel, God is still with you. And every step you take, whether it be in the valley or whether it be the ascent to the mountaintop, he said, I'm right here with you. If you fall back, goodness is there. If you fall to the side, mercy is there. He said, no matter what you're dealing with, there's a promise that I have for you this morning. He's not just the God of the Old Testament, but he is Emmanuel. God is still with us today. He's still with you today. So in this room this morning, I'm going to ask you, do you believe he's real? Has he ever done anything for you? I'm going to ask you this question. Is there anybody this morning that would say, I still need him today, Pastor? Is there anybody that would be real and lift your hand if you say, I need something before I leave this place? Because God's word has went forth to minister unto you this morning. It is his will. It is his desire. And I, this is, I know kind of cliche, you hear it all the time, probably for preachers saying this. But you truly, you truly make the decision whether or not you walk out that back door changed. Or you walk out that back door the same thing that you carried in here. God's word is here this morning to minister. He is here with us. Emmanuel, God is with us right now in this room. The one who created you and formed you in your mother's womb. He knew who you were. He designed you. He created you. He knew you would be here today. Think about that. He knew that you were going to trip up and fall into sin. He knew you were going to mess up. He knew you were going to make mistakes. So therefore, when he spoke into existence, he spoke into existence a manger. He spoke into existence the product needed for a cross. He spoke into existence the mountains that would be carved out for a tomb. He spoke into existence everything in this room today is made out of something. Even this altar has wood underneath it that came from the trees that he created. Do you understand? He said, I am with you and I have also created the provision for what you need to get back to where you used to be. I'm telling you this morning, I want you right now one more time, if you you need something from God this morning, if you want change this morning, if you need a healing this morning, if you need him to be a provider this morning, if your hand is raised, I want you just to step out right now and walk to an altar and say, God, whatever it is, I bring it to you because I understand 
understand you are Emmanuel. God is still with us today. He is with you today. His presence is here today. And he is longing for you to step out and say, I trust you. I have faith in you. I have faith in you today. God, I have faith in you, Emmanuel, the God that is with us. God is with us today. Come on. He's with you right now. Raise your hands. Lift your hands. Lift your hands. Begin to speak it. God, I give it to you. Emmanuel, God with us. I give it to you today, Jesus. I give it to you today, Jesus. God, I lift it to you today. Here it is, God. God, it's been a heaviness I've been carrying. God, I give it to you today. I lay this weight down, Lord. God, here it is today, God. God, I understand, Lord, that you're with me today in these altars. God, you're with me today. God, no matter what I'm facing, Lord, you already know what I'm facing because you know my most inner being, Lord. You know my heart. God, you know my troubles. God, you know my successes, Lord. God, you know everything about me, God, more than I know about myself, Lord. Today, God, allow me. God, I pray that we would allow you to be with us and to minister like nobody else can. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Lord. Oh!